With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, everyone. Happy Monday, August or August, October 2nd. Uh, I'm going backwards in time. It is now October. The leaves are changing. Uh, the walnut trees are dropping. If you have those in your yard uh, where I'm at right now, it's currently sounds like warfare on the roof of the house. But that's the time of year it is. The colors are changing. The weather's getting, you would think it would get a little crisp, a little cooler, but actually pretty warm where we just came from in Nebraska. Pretty warm in the state of Michigan early on this week. So a lot of weird stuff going on in that front. But, of course, we are here Monday, October 2nd. Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey with you on the Wolverine to discuss the latest with Michigan football in our Monday night live stream. Chris Ballas still ill, not with us. Uh, there is a new episode of Ballas and Skeen. That will drop shortly uh, if you're watching this live or keeping an eye on it in the YouTube channel. But uh, a lot to get to today. Uh, Weekly Monday press conference. It's Minnesota week already. Week six. Kind of crazy to talk about uh, the first road trip is in the books already. This year's kind of flying by. And a lot of these games have looked the same or similar with a dominant Michigan performance. But, you know, don't take this for granted. I mean, latch on to each one of them because... As we can see, the season already kind of goes. Yeah, we're all already, you know, potentially a third of the way through it if they ride this thing out. So, uh, Clayton, welcome in. Good to be with you again. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, five and zero for the fourth time under Jim Harbaugh. So, yeah, certainly not a given for of nine years. And um, you know, Michigan's rolling right now. It was a fun weekend in, in Nebraska. Tons of maize and blue on the flights there. The flights back. People in Lincoln as well. And then as the game went on, Michigan fans started to come closer and closer to the field. And um, they were in the tunnel all over that place uh, as the players were coming into the locker room after the game. It was just a, a really fun time and uh, 95 degree heat, man, it was, it was crazy, but a great weekend and, and ready for, uh, you know, we're almost at the, the midway point here and what a performance by Michigan that I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. Can we debunk something really quick before we do our housekeeping and get into the show? Uh, Clay, do you do you mind if I take a moment here? JJ McCarthy didn't bring his girlfriend down to the sideline on Saturday. The way that Memorial Stadium is set up, you can pretty much go yeah, say, "Hey, I'm going to get a snow cone," and then walk along the sideline. Is essentially they have snow cones? I don't know. Megan can probably answer that for us after the fact. We won't bring her on. I could have used, yeah, I could have used one there. Is what? It, why? I'm yeah, ninety-five. It. What was it? Ninety-five on Saturday. But yeah, I mean the whole. Oh, I saw someone post a thread on the message board. Oh, they need to rein this guy in. He's so cocky, bringing his girlfriend down to the sidelines. Now it's like, no, you could literally go up and get, uh, you know, a, a box of popcorn and then just kind of stroll along like a like a park like walk in the park so yeah it's a, it's a it's a weird setup like there's a that walkway you can come right up to the fence you could you could yell whatever you want at these guys if you really wanted to or you could you know do what JJ McCarthy's girlfriend did uh Megan says that there are not snow cones unfortunately at Memorial Stadium but a new renovation project coming so maybe snow cones is a a big chunk of that maybe 1 million of the the 600 million coming well, wow, that's a lot of money. So forget snow cones. I want uh, the shaved Italian ice is, is what we're looking for. The good stuff out there. So uh, anywho, 
since we've already derailed this show right off the bat. I uh, want to talk, uh, start with, as we do every Monday night, uh, discussing our pals over at Caldera Lab. Uh, guys, you're going to brush your teeth today, or at least I hope you will. And why is that? Because it's a healthy part of your day and you don't want bad teeth. I want you to take it another step and add in a skincare routine to your daily habits. Uh, I did. We have recently, and I promise you, never going back. Look at this glow right now. I mean, you can just see it. Uh, it's palpable on the screen here. So uh, I, I've told you guys several times when talking about Caldera Lab that first impressions matter. Your teeth and your skin are the first thing that someone notices about you. And it's backed by legit cl clinical trials that found 94%, it's a key number there, of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after looking after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. So uh, it's got the three-step product in the regimen, which is the clean slate. Starts at end of your day. It's a face wash that leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart uh, your day full of confidence. And the good is your go-to multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as help reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. No other brand does this better yet. Caldera Lab is the only one who cares enough to let you know about it. So just for our audience, head on over to calderalab.com. Use promo code MISH23, that's M-I-C-H-23, at calderalab.com for 20% off your order. Get 20% off using promo code MISH23. That's M-I-C-H-23 at calderalab.com. And make an unforgettable first impression uh, or a second impression, third impression, whatever it is. But you want people to say the charming words, you look younger. So head on over to calderalab.com, promo code MISH23. All right, Clayton, we started off the week as we do every Monday by chatting with Michigan head football coach Jim Harbaugh. We also spoke with Zach Zinter and Braden McGregor. And, you know, I'll be honest, we're kind of getting to this point in the year now where it feels like, uh, I don't know that, uh, I, I don't know, it's starting to feel like we're in the battle rhythm of the season um, in terms of the Monday press conferences, in terms of the players. You know, all the firsts are kind of knocked off. You know, you've played your non-conference schedule. You've played your Big Ten opener. You've played your road opener. So now it's, uh, it's business as usual, a game against Minnesota coming up on Saturday night. I believe the last time I checked the Vegas line, they're our 17-point favorite. Night game, 7.30 on NBC. Uh, what were your your biggest or your the biggest takeaway from Jim Harbaugh's Monday presser? Because it was kind of business as usual for him. Yeah, I mean, he was talking, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Just Sir Isaac Newton, the laws of physics. He was talking about the Earth's tremendous, in quote, that's his exact quote, gravitational pull. Um, and basically talking about how he thinks this program right now is in a scary good place that the law of averages will eventually catch up to them, but it's their job to be like smoke instead of, you know, falling like everything does with the earth's gravitational pull smoke rises, heat rises. He believes that energy rises. So that's kind of, that's their task right now. And it kind of feels, I mean, it kind of feels true. I know he puts it in uh, interesting terms, but I mean, you look at, the way things are going five and zero start the schedule looks extremely manageable until you get to happy Valley on November 11th. And you have kind of a three game start to what I would call a playoff run at Penn state at Maryland, Ohio state at home, potentially big 10 championship playoff in the rest of the way. 
Um, so right now it's kind of their goal to just keep things as, as good as they are. Um, you know, he also had some some comments on the offensive line. He, he said he really liked the way the left side played with Ladarius Henderson and Trevor Keegan in there. But he also said that, hey, maybe we'll have a, a rally group like we do with defense where a couple guys are all, you know, the guys on there start the drive and then they have a rally group that comes in for three, four plays in the middle to kind of give them a blow. Um, that would certainly be interesting. I don't know that I'd bet on that happening, but it's a kind of, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's way of saying he has trust in a lot of those different guys on the offensive line. We saw a lot of guys play well on the offensive line on Saturday, including the backups. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that rotation, especially factoring in that Miles Hinton at right tackle is playing banged up and, and missed the game. Seems like with an injury, you would have thought he at least would have been in there with the backups if he was, you know, healthy at, at any point. So, uh, that will be interesting to watch. Um, but, you know, just him talking about the depth, too, of this team, I thought was uh, it was something I noticed on Saturday the most is just the amount of guys that they could put in. There was no drop off. I mean, there was no drop off on the D line without Mason Graham in there against what is a pretty good and unique Nebraska rush offense. And then, I mean, just the camaraderie, the way guys were celebrating with each other. Uh, Jason Avant mentioned it on the the radio broadcast during the game but Peyton O'Leary scores his touchdown and he had about 15 handshakes personalized and practiced with different guys when he came to the sideline Junior Colson was mobbing Kenneth Grant after his interception to the point that guys couldn't get up off the pile um, you know these guys are just happy for each other and the camaraderie on this team so it's it's scary good I think as Jim Harbaugh said and uh, you know it seems like right now with the schedule things are going to keep rolling here going forward yeah I texted this to Clayton earlier uh just kind of making the comment like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of a standard, boring Monday press conference. And and he brought up the the comment about Jim Harbaugh and gravitational pull. And I said, it just kind of triggered this <laughs> this this thing in my brain where I thought I was back in like high school science. And I just kind of dozed off from there. So well, he talked more about yeah. me. His, his answer more was, about me. His answer was five minutes. I mean, that was yeah. it's hard to get him to talk for five minutes on something. <laughs> yeah. And, and the. It's so funny when he goes off on tangents like that, too, because it'll be like, hey, Jim, what do you think of, you know, it's, it was a little warmer than usual in Nebraska this weekend. And he'll just by the end of it, he'll talk about how uh, you know, he pulled through McDonald's this weekend and they were out of French fries. And, you know, it's something to be said about a good French fry. And it's just always some kind of tangent <laughs> like that. Um, and our buddy, uh, Account 22, actually said, uh, corrected me, Michigan is a 20 and a half point favorite against Minnesota. I think it opened around 17 or something like that, but um, yeah, other things of note from the Monday presser, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, obviously you know, I think a couple, I forget who the reporter was. It might've been Angelique that asked, but uh, you know, trying to get him to say that that offensive line that we saw Saturday would be that starting offensive line moving forward. I think that's where a tangent started. Uh, I don't recall, but yeah, that left side of the line, I thought, uh, I thought the line in general played its best, most cohesive game of the year. I know that pass protection at times was a bit of an adventure, especially a guy like a, a Ladarius Henderson, who I, I think graded out somewhere in the high 30s on pro football focus. But I think that's kind of, you know, we talked about J.J. McCarthy's being an outlier, uh, the interceptions being an outlier from a couple of weeks ago. I think he's pretty good in prat, uh, pass pro. That's not a huge concern to me. Uh, interesting that they say they want to get Trente Jones back in there. Uh, also, uh, I've, I, can't remember if this is the first time this has come up, but the TTG um, periods that they have in practice. Clayton, do you want to kind of address what that is? 
Yeah, so they have mentioned it over the years a couple times, kind of in passing. But, I mean, he was asked about the no penalties. And they had no penalties in this game. I was going back and looking at the last time that had happened. It has not happened in over 15 years. And then I'm listening to In the Trenches, uh, their post-game show, and Jim Harbaugh said he was informed that it's the first time Michigan has had a game with no penalties committed since 1980. I mean, that's before Jim Harbaugh was a player. Jim Harbaugh was um, likely at Ann Arbor Pioneer at that point or in eighth grade or something like that, um, you know, doing the math on the fly. So, or, or yeah, probably freshman or sophomore in high school. Either way, that's a long time ago. Um, so the discipline on this team, and he, he attributed some of that to the, the TTG, Teach the Game sessions that Grant Newsom apparently has taken over this year, where they're going over situational football, um, I think Zach Zinner said that that one of the an, an example of something they would go over is Patrick Mahomes last night, you know, going down and um, at, at the goal line instead of scoring, you know, to make sure that they just kind of run the clock out there. And that some of the stuff is are dumb plays by guys in either the NFL or college where it's like, hey, don't be this guy, that sort of thing. So, man, they just seem to be covering every single base lately with this staff and just the the leadership on this team, and then the way the players retain all the information and want to learn about it. And Jim Harbaugh said they're all stimulated during those meetings uh, and really taking in that info. So uh, that, I mean, man, I- I'm guessing some other teams around the country do stuff like this, but it just feel like feels like Michigan is, is doing things like this, the minor details better than, than just about anybody. And they're getting their players to buy into that, which is maybe even more important. Well, that's that's a great foundation to set too, because at some point you are going to again. We talked we talked about this. It will continue to be a storyline. This schedule doesn't really have if there are bowl caliber opponents on there, they're on the fringes of it until they yeah. get to that stretch of games in November, and that's I think that those games are that's when it's even more important to impose your will and and focus on those details because. You know, I, I think of you know, at some point, if you're going to get to the playoff, you're probably, you know, you'll play a team like a, a Georgia or a Texas or, you know, teams that have not only comparable talent, but maybe you're maybe even slightly more talented than you mm-hmm. when you look at guys, you know, certainly on the recruiting trail. So setting that foundation now, and again, it goes back to, you know, the way they stack their shoes in the weight room. It goes to, you know, the way they, uh, everything is competitive there. I think that yeah. Har- Harbaugh's biggest asset, I think, is his ability to turn everything into a competition or, or striving for perfection. And, you know, I know the narrative with this team has been, yeah, well, they're blowing teams out, but what does that mean? Like, they haven't played anyone. Well, there are a couple ways you could look at it, especially when you look at these last two weeks, because the non-conference being what it was, uh, again, I don't think there's ever anything to learn from those games when you're playing that level of opponent, unless it looks bad, right? So you get into Big Ten play, and and we'll see what the context winds up looking like with the Rutgers game and the Nebraska game. If those, if a team like Rutgers continues to play good, that's going to look more impressive. If a team like Nebraska gets better late in the year, that will be a win that looks impressive. But even if those teams aren't as good or if Nebraska kind of stays at this level that they're at, you're still butchering these teams and doing exactly what you should do against opponents that you completely outclass. And to me right now, I think that's, um, and we'll talk about how to contextualize that with the rest of college football here in a minute, but 
to me, that's the biggest takeaway so far is that, you know, you see teams like, uh, Florida State has kind of dan- you know, danced with fire in the last couple of weeks. And Georgia certainly has danced with fire the last few weeks. To me, there's something to be said about just bludgeoning the team that's across from you. And through five weeks, that's what we've seen from Michigan so far. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, because you do have to look around the country and see what other teams are doing. And a lot of them are struggling. I mean, Auburn's not supposed to be that good. I mean, I'm sure they're better than Nebraska or Rutgers, but – George is in there in a dogfight, as you said. So, um, and, and it's not the only example. LSU goes down. Maybe that makes Florida State's win over LSU look, you know, maybe at, at least a little bit less impressive. You could go on and on and on about what's occurred already in the college football season. Um, but you're right. I mean, we'll we'll be tracking, and really, it could come into play too. Michigan's crossover opponents. When you think about Nebraska, you know, their record that could come into play when when we're talking about a potential three way tiebreaker in the Big Ten East which I don't love Michigan's chances there, given that the two crossover opponents in, in Minnesota losing to Northwestern already. But regardless, you, you're going to watch these teams. I, I think, you know, what Michigan has done against these teams is exactly what you said. They've done what they're supposed to do, and especially defensively have just been suffocating. Uh, I know, you know, and I thought the offense took a big step forward. We talked about the offensive line, but J.J. McCarthy was really good. I thought the run game as a whole and Kalel Mullings get involved there was really good. And the wide receiver depth looked a little bit better. seems like they're able to expand that a little bit more as they go forward. But the Michigan defense was stellar again, um, you know, because when you look at the offense, they're going against, there was no Luke Reimer in there. There was no Cam Lenhart, one of their best defensive ends for Nebraska. And then that Singleton went down in one of the first few plays, but it was still a good performance, but the Michigan defense was going up. That was what Nebraska had, you know, I mean, I know, they're, they're on their second quarterback who may end up being the guy going forward, but they took him out of their game. I mean, they, they stopped running the option after early on in that game because they, they just couldn't do it against the athletes that Michigan has. So right now it's, it's A-plus for the defense. Offense took a big step forward, and, you know, we, we're not going to learn a ton given the competition going forward, I think, um, you know, in terms of how are they going to respond in some of those bigger moments, but how it looks – Overall, I mean, it looks it looks pretty damn good. And you keep ro- steamrolling these teams, then I think Michigan will feel good once those bigger games come. I want to talk about how it looks and and contextualizing it with some of these other you know quote unquote contenders right now. Um, you know, here's the thing about rankings. I know the discussion, the talking point coming out of the Nebraska game on Saturday was, is this team going to be ranked number one come Sunday uh, because of how Georgia struggled? And again, I know we write about it and the rankings are are important for ratings and television and you know it gives people a sense of the caliber of team that uh, I mean, the APs voted on by the media. So those are people that I think watch football. Some some of them mm, don't, but I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I, Listen, also, if you're, I mean, yeah. if you're an AP voter who has Michigan at eight right now, I'm not really taking you seriously. But I think, yeah. you know, if you want to argue them in the top three or four, if you want to argue with them at one, fine. If you want to argue that they're fourth, fine. I don't care. Um, Cause ultimately we're five weeks into the season. There's so much that's just going to sort itself out on the field. And we're not even going to see college football playoff rankings until what that last week of October. So none of that really matters yet. Uh, but for me, I think the one that I probably put the most credence into right now is uh, Bill Connolly's S and P plus. And you know, th- those are, predictive uh there's some preseason data baked into that 
but it's not like I st- I got to be honest. I mean, we write about FPI on the you know the ESPN FBI every week. I don't know what goes into that. I know that uh, you know when it spits out win probabilities, it'll tell you that Michigan is about a thirty five has like a thirty five percent chance to beat Ohio State at home. Which anyone who flips on the film of the way the, these games have gone the last few years, that's knows that's not the case. And most of the players are the same. Uh, and also, it's at home. So again, I, I'm not exactly sure what goes into all that, but. Uh, Michigan's still number one in Bill Connolly's SP plus. Uh, and he put out something, I think it was either Sunday night or, or sometime early on Monday. Uh, just kind of talking about where Michigan where teams like Michigan and Georgia and, and Texas, which I think right now are kind of the three. Uh, when you see LSU give up whatever it was, 713 yards of offense at Ole Miss over the weekend. That's, I think that takes a little bit of shine off of Florida state's win over LSU. I do think that Michigan, Georgia, Texas, whatever combination you want to throw them in are are probably the three best teams right now. But this is something that I found interesting. Um, Georgia, it's similar to Michigan. You know, when you go through and look at uh, Bill's story, I won't, you know, we we don't give away other people's paywalled content for free. We don't do that with ours either. But something that I thought was interesting in there is that they are they're similar to Michigan last year in a lot of ways where, yeah, they they are taking care of their business. They've been mostly dominant at times, but they're getting off to slow starts and kind of having to figure it out in the second half. And when you look at that, I mean, we saw it with Michigan. It did catch up to them last year uh, in that TCU game. And on the flip side, you look at what Michigan's doing. And I know there's there's been some local discussion about how they've had to, quote unquote, pull away from teams in the second half. But through five games, Michigan is outscoring its opponents 42-7 in the first quarter, 58-6 in the second quarter, 55-0 in the third quarter, and then they're tied 17-17 in the fourth quarter. But they haven't played their starters into the fourth You got to clean that up. You got to clean it up. Yeah. Well, they started to Saturday. We saw four quarterbacks play. That was that was something. But the offense looked better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the rambling point I wanted to make about all that is that you know Michigan is kind of it is kind of bludgeoning these teams and taking them out of games much early. And again, Michigan hasn't played anything to the extent of a Florida State or uh, you know if you're Georgia or um, if you're Georgia, like they played South Carolina, they have played uh, Auburn over the weekend, but. I mean, I look at that quarter two, quarter three. That's kind of where you start, to, you know, feeling things out in the first quarter is is very, you know, it's normal. And we saw them got up, get off to their best start of the season on Saturday. Uh, but quarter two and quarter three, that's where you kind of start to hit the accelerator. And Michigan has been outstanding there through five weeks. Yeah, and it's also a style of play thing, too, where Michigan plays a little bit more methodical they play slower they play even slower than they did a few years ago when they were going no huddle now they're in a huddle basically every snap this year um the the clock rule i think has a a pretty big impact there as well so it's kind of just the way michigan plays where they know it's you know if they need to outlast you they can outlast you um and that makes some of it deceiving and then you you factor in the backups in the fourth quarter some of these stats and college football are really deceiving too. Not to go off on a completely different tangent, but think of the Nebraska being the number one rush defense in the country according to you know yards per game. I mean, yards per game are extremely deceiving, and you know I think Michigan coaches used that as motivation last week. But 
it's not really the best run defense in the country. So that's just one example. But, yeah, I, I just think it's the way Michigan plays as well. Um, and, you know, that that bodes well when you do get in some of those tougher games too. You want a fat, uh, fast start like they did on Saturday. Um, helps to get a, a short field after an interception on the second play on defense. But, uh, you know, regardless, they made those plays. So you got to give them credit. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I just think that this Michigan team – is is built to and, and it has a lot of players that have done it in those big time moments but it's built to rise up in those in those bigger games we've seen it over the last couple of years we saw it even on saturday where it felt like a felt like a bigger game just because they were going on the road and you know second second uh big 10 game of the year and they were they were fantastic so i, I think that they're they're kind of right on the on the right track there they are. And I think when you look at the just the teams around them, I think, again, and this could be a very different discussion in November, certainly into December, January, when the playoff will actually take place. But you look at how Michigan's playing right now. I mean, I, I think if you put them on the same field with Georgia, I don't think that's as, that's as you know, 2021 to a certain extent kind of felt, I don't want to say felt like a death march, but obviously a huge test. Last year, maybe you overlooked TCU a little bit, but it was still going to be you know, an uphill battle to compete with that team. And, you know, a team like, I don't see the star, the same caliber of star power from this Georgia team that we've seen. Obviously Brock Bowers might be, I mean, he's a beast. He might be the best player in college football, but I I think you put Michigan on a neutral field with Georgia right now. You feel pretty good about that. Ohio state. Certainly. I mean, you go play them in the parking lot right now. We'd feel good about how Michigan stacks up in that matchup. Florida state. We'll see some of these PAC 12 offenses. We'll see, uh, you know, they don't defend quite as well. Certainly not USC. Uh, God, USC is still playing, somehow playing Mac level defense. But, you know, outside of, I kind of, I, I like what I've seen from Texas, but it's still early on. Uh, but when you put into all of this stuff into context, I know the, the thing that everyone's going to yell about with Michigan is that they haven't played anyone. But again, the argument here is that it's more about how you're handling business than who you continue to handle it against. So, uh, it, it again, it, it gets a little bit more difficult this weekend at Minnesota. I'm not sure if that's the best team that they've played yet to this point. They've kind of bit of a they've got a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing to them, but they are physical. We know that PJ Fleck will have them ready to go. But uh, I think it was when they played Louisiana on Saturday and they gave up 200 yards rushing. So maybe a, maybe another uh, another road scenario where this offensive line can gel and you just take another step as a run game and as an offense. But what are your early thoughts on Minnesota heading into this week? Yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh said it today too, that that quarterback is coming around. I know it's the Greek name that I don't feel like trying to pronounce right now. Um, But I think they have really good skill position players. I like their wide receiving core. I really like their, their tight end. I believe it's span Ford Um, Brevin span Ford and, that's going to test the Michigan secondary that has been a little bit spotty here and there. It's kind of tough to judge because these teams are, are getting behind. Michigan's able to kind of get its pass rush going and teams really don't want to drop back for a long time. They want to get the ball out quickly against this Michigan defense. So we haven't totally seen it, but there have been a few downfield passes hit on this Michigan defense and Rod Moore as well. I know there are a couple questions about him in the live chat, but he just didn't – he doesn't totally look like himself yet. Now they were trying to get him some work late in the game as well with the backups. But, uh, you know, I feel like this secondary is kind of one of those things. And with Will Johnson also 
only a couple games back after missing the first few and really playing only a few snaps in those games with coming back from his injury. So Josh Wallace in there, you've seen a little bit of Keyshawn Harris. We've seen a little Jair Hill and DJ Waller. I think Minnesota is going to test this Michigan secondary. Um, but I thought the D-line took a step forward and pass rush last week too. Uh, and those two things play together, obviously. But like you said, I, I just think that Michigan's offense – We'll be able to run the football on them, and J.J. McCarthy will be able to do his thing. So you got to love your your chances, even in what will be, I think, a really raucous environment up there in Minneapolis. I think that's a little bit underrated, their environment there. Um, seen it for a few big games over the years, including the Nebraska one early on this season. And then if you remember the 2019 Penn State game when they knocked off Penn State, I mean, that was a heck of an atmosphere. I believe it was snowing for that game and uh, a really fun one to watch. So they, they, they'll they show up over there uh, and they'll be ready to give Michigan a fight. And as Jim Harbaugh said today as well, they're, they're always playing with energy. They're always playing with effort. And he respects that out of PJ Fleck teams. And, and he's right. I mean, PJ Fleck knows how to motivate his team. So I think it's going to be a challenge in that way on Saturday, even though it doesn't seem like Minnesota has the kind of horses that they're going to need to, to be able to last with Michigan for more than, you know, a little while in this game. Yeah, and you also look at Minnesota's schedule, uh, the wins over Nebraska, Eastern Michigan. Uh, the first. And they shouldn't have beat Nebraska either. Yeah. No, that was that was kind of a gift. Uh, that one was gift wrapped to them uh, by by Jeff Sims. But uh, North, you know, losing North Carolina, let one slip away against Northwestern that there, there's just still no excuse for. And then you get one against Louisiana, uh, get back on track with a win. But, you know, I, I think if you're P.J. Fleck this week, you're looking at this Michigan game as an opportunity because – if you could find a way to play your A game and you catch Michigan maybe slipping or or you get them somehow get them off script or what they like to do, your next several weeks are at Iowa, which looks completely different now. I mean, uh, obviously, thoughts to Cade McNamara, who appears to be out for the season, uh, went down early in that game Saturday night with a knee injury, which those are starting to pile up for him. And, and I worry about that, but uh, more than anything else, like – you hope that he's able to come back and play football because, uh, you know, you want to see him go out the way that he did, you know, similarly to Michigan where he's playing good ball. But um, that aside, if you're Minnesota, if you can find a way to somehow pull off an upset on Michigan, you have to go to Iowa, which isn't easy. But again, with with how things have played out there on offense, you get them into a rock fight. You're going to give yourself a chance. You host Michigan State. You host Illinois, who stinks. You go to Purdue, who just blew out Illinois, but I don't think is very good either. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you get on a roll like that, even if you lose to Michigan in this Big Ten West, RIP to the Big Ten West after this year, of course, you Maybe. might be right back in the thick of this thing. So obviously they they end the year at Ohio State and home against Wisconsin. But, you know, if you're P.J. Fleck, it's you don't look at this as a, a death march. You look at this as an opportunity. And I do think those guys will be ready to play. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. Haven't been crazy impressed by them so far, but uh, you got to show up. You got to play the games. So, and and that's the biggest thing. So, uh, yeah. Any other thoughts before we switch gears here? No, I agree. That's how PJ's looking at it too. Uh, watching his press conference today, where he, you know, he he gave Michigan a lot of credit. You can read that article over at thewolverine.com. Uh, he was raving about Jim Harbaugh. He was raving about Jim Harbaugh, saying that that they got the we fence going there. It's about the team, the team, the team. All sorts of good stuff, but he also said, "Hey, you know, that's how we—that's why we prepare too. Like, we're going to give them our best shot as well. Like, they're not going to lay over. And PJ Fleck teams don't lay over. 
uh, watch them lay over on Saturday, which would, I think Michigan fans would be fine with. But, you know, my experience watching his teams is they fight. So I think it's going to be a good challenge in that way. And I, I thought maybe Nebraska didn't bring as much of a fight as I thought. I think Minnesota will night game juiced up a little bit. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. I think so, too. Uh, we are going to get into questions, but before we do that, uh, as we do every Monday night, want to talk to you guys about our pals over at Rogue Shop. Uh, go check out RogueShop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and uh, and or uh, anxiety and stress, any of those things apply. Uh, head on over to RogueShop.com. Use promo code THEWOLVERINE to get 10% off your order. Uh, Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. You guys know the laundry list of items at this point. They grow their own cannabis in their own facility. All of their products are made with the things that they make with their own hands. Uh, the website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask virtually anything they have uh, in terms of their menu of products, how it might work for them, things like that. Uh, all of their edibles are custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant materials. They are America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop operating out of Big Ten country in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So true small business, disabled veteran owned. We love uh, Mr. Rogue. He's he's on our board also to answer questions. So uh, if you have anything there, send it his way as well. But head on over to RogueShop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Use promo code the Wolverine to get 10% off your order. Well, a little into questions a little early than we normally are. Uh, I think that we should start this week from one from the message board. So let me stall, give myself enough time here to find one. All right. I let's start with that's what happens when we do live. Let's start with our buddy Jacob Sherba. Uh, who says, is Chris feeling better? Best wishes for a speedy recovery. Uh, to our knowledge, Chris is still on the up and up. Uh, just a little too... Uh, he did just record a show with Skeen, so that'll be out tonight. Uh, but also, um, yeah, just want to give him a little more time to get right. He's got a road trip this weekend to make. Uh, and Jacob goes on to ask, what do you make of Harbaugh's comments about the left side of the offensive line against Nebraska? It looked yeah. leaky on pass plays. Is that something he's hoping to address with this rally guy idea mentioned in the news and views column, or is the hope that it simply improves as guys continue to gel? Uh, Clayton, what do you think about that? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that, I mean, I, I rewatched the game. We obviously watched it live as well. It seemed like Zach Zinter was really Michigan's best offensive lineman in that game. And then Jim Harbaugh said on Monday, and obviously I'm not claiming to know more about offensive line play or football than Jim Harbaugh and this staff, but you know, he said that Ladarius Anderson and Trevor Keegan were the best two in this game. Uh, I thought that left side, you know, really struggled in pass protection on a few plays. JJ McCarthy took a huge hit and got planted into the ground by number zero. Um, and you know, that that's kind of stuff can't happen. I mean, yeah, the, the backup quarterbacks looked okay in this last game, but I mean, JJ McCarthy is flat out special and you got to keep him upright as Doug Skeen would say and probably did say on the on that show that will be coming out today, no one touches the quarterback. And they touched the quarterback a few times on Saturday. So you can't have that happen. I think they need to improve there. I think sometimes Jim Harbaugh, you know, is he's definitely not going to throw guys under the bus in the media. I respect that, um, you know, even though it would make our jobs a little bit easier if we had a little more clarity <laughs> on some, you know, the coach's thoughts on different things. But completely respect that. Um, and I think they know 
that the, the film's out there. I mean, these coaches know that stuff like that has to improve, but I thought it was interesting. And then the rally guy thing where they could potentially bring in more offensive linemen. I don't think that's really going to happen. Maybe you go with a guy or two and one drive here, one drive there, but um, he said, it's something that they're going to explore. Uh, and Jim Harbaugh, it's partly what makes him special is that he's willing to look at everything. He's always kind of thinking about tweaks he can make. Um, so maybe that's something that they look into, but I just think he likes the depth right now. I think that he's trying to encourage the the left side of that line there. And I think maybe he's trying to say too, that, yeah, that left side of the line was good enough where those are going to be the two guys. I mean, Keegan's obviously going to be in there, but Henderson at left tackle. So we'll see on Saturday. I have a feeling that we're going to, we're going to probably start seeing the, the five that they'll go with the rest of the year. Um, you know, starting on Saturday, but at the same time, if Miles Hinton's still hurt and then he comes back, that could change things up. So I guess, you know, I, I don't really know what to think. I did think it was kind of telling that when he was asked about that, he, namely with Hinton, he just kind of mentioned that he was working through something and that they also want to get Trent A. Jones involved more. Uh, I do think that when push comes to shove, that group we saw Saturday will be the group that gels and that figures it out. Uh, you know, it was Henderson's first start as a Wolverine. Again, not, you know, still a, a tough environment to see a red. People were going crazy early on. And I thought they played pretty well for the most part. But, yeah, obviously those pressures on the left side, uh, got to clean that up. There are always things to clean up after every game, even blowouts. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The idea that they could rotate on the offensive line is not something that I'm necessarily in favor for the only the only time I've seen that done locally is Matt Patricia used to rotate his guards and it's and he's a doorknob. So I'm just, you know, I'm just of the opinion to not emulate any of those types of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have they have a lot of guys they can use and they're going to bring Trent a. Jones out as an extra blocker. And, you know, again, people might people might kind of get annoyed about the Miles Hinton stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, he's a 6'6", 340-pound guy that's athletic, and when he's right, has the potential to be dominant. So I don't have an issue with them giving him opportunities, but also it's week six. And, you know, heading into, you know, week six, week seven, these are things that need to be sorted out by now. And, and I know he they, they like to flex how deep they are, but, again, it just needs to kind of be what it is and you grow it from there because uh, ch- continuing to change the variables, I don't think really allows something to grow truly. So I do lean towards what we saw Saturday being how it is moving forward. Counter argument though, too, is, is they have time. I mean, they have time to, to do this. I mean, they frankly, do. you look at the schedule and like we said earlier, it's kind of a three game playoff stretch before actual postseason play uh, with Penn state, Maryland and Ohio state. So they got time right now to figure some things out. I think they're doing a good job of, getting a lot of guys in there, building the depth, keeping guys healthy, keeping them fresh. And maybe that's just going to continue on the offensive line for all we know. So just to play devil's advocate, I, I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this because it's a unique season in the, in the amount of depth pieces they have on the off- offensive line, but it's also a unique season in that the team's pretty damn good. They're probably going to handle most of his opponents until mid-November. So, Can I say something really quick? Um, no. Okay, moving on then. Um, no, I, I was just going to make the point, um, for all the talk about that Michigan hasn't played anyone yet, Maryland's five and zero, and it's played Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, Michigan state, and Indiana. And in parts of at least two or three of those games, 
have struggled in it. And, and they, they go to Ohio State this weekend. Obviously, a huge test for them, a huge barometer for them. But I'm not buying that, you know, November. Now, Penn State, Ohio State, two out of the last three weeks of the year, that's a gauntlet no matter who's sandwiched in between the middle. But I I have a feeling we're going to see who Maryland really is in the next few weeks. And, you know, based on their history under Mike Loxley, I, I just don't think they're about that life. I don't. And if you had played them last week, maybe it's, you know, what it was. We obviously saw that last year, but that will be a statement game for Michigan. I'm going to plant my flag on that right now. So not exactly a hot take. That's kind of how it has been. But yeah, I mean, Maryland's tougher than what they've seen, but I'm, I'm tapping the, you know, I'm hearing a lot of, oh, well, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. That's, that's a murderer's row. Relax. The two games that are the toughest speak for themselves on that front. Well, in my opinion, yeah, but I could be wrong on that. It, it's mainly a murderer's row because of those two teams. I think Maryland looks good, and we know that they're always, you know, kind of a pesky team. When you have a good quarterback and you have some good weapons, you know, you're you're a dangerous team, especially when you have to go there. So, yeah, I mean, I think Michigan will probably win that game pretty easily, but it's it's going to be a test. I'm ex- excited to see Maryland Ohio State this weekend. Um, and man, don't. You know, you, I mean, you're slandering Biff Pogey a little bit here, so you're kind of getting me kind of mad. So, <laughs> I never named his football team. I simply named that. Oh, well, I did, but I, I didn't yeah. say what, one thing one way or the other about Biff. We love it's Biff. True. It's um, true. Shout out to the 49ers, by the way. They are, what, what, what are they up to this year? They're one and four. Well, okay. They're, uh, shout out to Biff still. Uh, let's take one from our friends here on YouTube that have been waiting. This one's from John Schult who says more carries for Kalel. He's looking like Haskins circa 2021 when he runs right now, certainly brings another element to the running back rotation. I'm starting, you know, that's two weeks in a row. I'm starting to feel like if, if there is, if you want to make this a two headed monster in the run game, that's a guy that's just knocking on the door right now. And Donovan, I thought ran well early on. And then Mm -hmm. whether it was fatigue or whether it was just kind of getting back to some of those early season habits kind of tapered off as the game went on. Uh, seemed like they were kind of trying to hammer him to get him back on track, but Kalal Mullings, I that's two weeks in a row now. And against two pretty darn good fronts two you know, two good uh, defensive fronts and, and two, Big Ten caliber of defenses. I certainly think what we've seen from him warrants a longer look. Yeah, and I think we're going to see him get more carries. And me and you were were the two talking about him last Monday, coming off of what he did kind of in garbage time against Rutgers. We were really high on him, and there he goes and has that performance. I mean, he looks like a legit running back now. He looks a lot more put together physically when you look at him up close. We got to talk to him after the game and then also being on the field pregame and kind of watching him warm up. I mean, that dude's a beast. Um, and I, I think he's going to be a real asset for this team. Five carries for Kalel Mullings on Saturday, all of them on either third or fourth down. All of them go for either first downs or touchdowns. It's about as good as you can get there. And his his 20-yard touchdown was an awesome run, great cutback, um, and, and broke a couple tackles in there. So I think we're going to see more Kalel Mullings. And I keep coming back to the comment that Mike Hart made earlier this year where he said that Kalel Mullings is basically a freshman or sophomore in running back years and that, you know, basically saying, hey, he's got more potential. He's he's not a complete product right now. We're seeing that. Mike Hart 
is an unbelievable running backs coach, and I think we're going to see him continue to bring the best out of these guys. And, and on Donovan Edwards, just real quick, I thought he ran better as well. He said on the post-game radio show that the coaches challenged him this week to run a little bit more aggressively. They said he was running too passive, and he said he appreciated them giving him that feedback and that he felt like he played better. And, and I thought he did too. Uh, and I was down there at the tunnel after the game and he was all smiles, you know, because his team got the win, even though he didn't play great, you know, I thought he had an, a nice role and did okay. Uh, but Donovan Edwards team guy all the way as well. And uh, I thought that was kind of nice to see too him in, in, in some really good spirits there. Yeah, I think sometimes with Donovan, because he speaks so highly of himself that people think he's a selfish player or yeah. like not a team guy, but no, I mean, he just hasn't played consistent enough this year. He's a great teammate. The guys love him. Uh, I there's I have no concerns about him. I think that it's just a matter of, you know, the longer we know the caliber of player he is. So the longer that it just kind of he's just kind of waiting in the weeds. I, I think the bigger the uh, the breakout is going to be when it is his time to shine. And it does feel like last last week's performance. I think he's almost there. I really do. So uh, we'll go to account 22 who says Mason Graham update. Will he be back this week? Uh, I, I think that was the idea. Uh, we'll see what happens. They haven't, I don't think they've hit the practice field. Monday is usually like a, is Monday a practice day or is it just kind of a Monday is the, the opportunity practice, I believe with okay. for the guys that didn't play much. Yeah. I don't think that they're, I mean, we'll see the radio show comes up after this. We'll be listening to that, but I think they hope to get him back. I think that if everything goes right, he will be back. But I think uh, whenever he's back, you probably see some kind of club on that hand or whatever it looks like. Yeah, something we heard mid last week uh, from somebody who talked to him was that he'll be back from Minnesota with a club on his hand. So who knows? I know they have been pretty cautious with injuries this year. So we'll see if they want to push it there. But I think he he probably wants to come back. And uh, and if it can't hurt kind of the incision there that that, um, you know, he, he may have, I, I think that maybe he'd be good to go. But but man, they haven't had much drop off without him either. So that's been really nice to see some of the other guys step up. All right, let's move to William Flanagan, who says, what did you think about the Roman Wilson catch? I think that upon further review, he maintained uh, possession of that man's noggin all the way to the ground was my takeaway. I mean, that was the process of the decapitation. That was an awesome catch. Yeah. Um, I mean, a little bit of a risky throw. I rewatched the game and they didn't really have a great angle on the replay of that play, but Roman was wide open before that about a second or two earlier i think jj kind of saw that at the last second and was like okay now i have to throw it because he was so open glad he did obviously with roman coming down with that catch because it was awesome to watch but uh it was a little bit of a risk but yeah roman wilson man he just he's just making plays out there um and and him and jj and uh brandon brown who also covers the team uh you know we were talking during the game and he said he he thinks this may be the most dangerous duo when JJ's on the run and they're doing the scramble drill with Roman Wilson. We saw that on his second touchdown and uh, in the country, that might, might be the most dangerous combination. It's got to be up there, right? I mean, the, those two are lethal together, eight touchdowns now for him. So uh, he's been awesome. And that catch was one of the best ones I've seen by a Michigan receiver for a touchdown in, in my lifetime, for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, no one is doing backyard football right now better than those two guys. And you know, that's what we've been waiting for out of this Michigan offense is a quarterback that can make plays off script 
and wide receivers that can fix quarterback mistakes. And you have, you have those two guys as a combination right now. And that's, that is so heartening to see. It warms the cockles of the heart as Jim Harbaugh would say, uh, because that is an element that has been missing from this offense. And that's where, you know, we talk so much about, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage and being able to run the football and move the chains and, and go on long drives. But, you know, when you need that shot of adrenaline, both those guys can give that to you in different plays, in different ways, bailing each other out. But when they do it together, I mean, it's been, it's been so much fun to watch. So yeah, I mean, that's, that is one that will go on his highlight reel. That's one I'm sure we'll see, you know, if he's, you know, in the NFL draft next spring or the spring after that will be on his highlight reel. Uh, Another thing, someone, someone brought this up during our post game show. Dane Brugler, I believe it was one of those draft yeah. guys said that right now Roman Wilson is his number one senior wide receiver. So that is, yeah. uh, I'm thinking of writing about that too. And he, he also, I saw this last week where this is before this last game and obviously he's been great, but I mean, last he made two of his better plays of the season. I thought on, on Saturday and a couple others, he said, he doesn't think he, he's going to get out of the top hundred picks either, which is, uh, I mean, Roman Wilson is making himself some money this year. He's making some plays and, He's helping his his team win, so he has been awesome. He has been awesome so far this year. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch, and and fits kind of what uh, what we're seeing from a lot of these. Uh, you know, the NFL is kind of becoming basketball on grass, and that's something that Roman Wilson's doing really well right now. So, uh, this one's a comment from Logan Zirkle, who says Michigan is the third team ever to score thirty or more points and hold opponents to seven points or less. The only the only other teams to do so were. 1979 Alabama and 1993 Florida State. Those teams won the national title. Is that he writes a question mark? Is that is that confirmed or is he asking the question? Um, Alabama won in '79, and according to Wikipedia, Florida State won '93. So yeah, the question mark is like a Ron Burgundy type of thing. I was like, I'm Ron Burgundy. So, so yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's yeah. great to see. Sure. Go out and, I mean, they haven't played anyone. I'd like to see the schedules of those two teams, but I guess I just did it. What you were saying earlier that everyone's saying they haven't played anyone, but they haven't played a tough schedule. Obviously we know that, uh, but it's still impressive what Michigan's been able to do. Other teams aren't doing this against similar schedules and strike while the iron's hot. Be UConn basketball where when you're good, you just end up winning the national title. This is Michigan's window. Right here, I thought they were good enough last year to win it all. In hindsight, they probably weren't the year before, but I think this year they they just might be the best team in the country. And that doesn't mean you win it though. Um, so take your opportunity right now and strike while the iron's hot. Got a comment here from Wolverine fan two that just came in that said fifty runs and twenty passes. Guess the fifty fifty balanced attack talk was from a parallel universe. And again, I want to I want to hammer this home best I can. When Michigan talks about staying balanced offensively, I think that's more of a production thing than it is a, well, we want to run X amount of plays because when you're beating the hell out of teams like they have been, you're not just going to keep throwing the football. And Michigan was up, what, 35-0 at the half, I believe it was? or 28. Was it 28-0 yeah. at the half? You're going to run the football. There's no reason to air it out after that. So The only way um, you lose is if you you make some mistakes like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't. I've seen that a comment like this. I'm not picking on you, Wolverine fan too. Uh, and also, as account twenty two says, you know there were thirty mile per hour winds that had something to do with that. Uh, 
I would just say watch the games. You know, don't just make your conclusion. No, don't grab conclusions from a box score. Doesn't always tell the full story. Uh, the same way that you know a defense allowing only forty six point three yards per game on the ground doesn't tell the full story of of what they are. So yeah, yeah. I would just caution people against that. It's more about what the production looks like as opposed to what the snap distribution is. Well, no, but I mean, this comment is, is true though. I mean, they said they wanted to be 50, 50 in terms of run plays to pass plays. I didn't believe them. And you also have to look at, as you said, watch the games. They're relatively balanced beginning in the beginning of games before it gets out of hand. So maybe in some of the tougher games, they will be more balanced. So yeah, by the end of the year with this schedule, the totals are not going to play out 50, 50. There's no way. Um, but they're, they're playing relatively balanced when it, when it matters and, and when the games are tighter, um, which is not for too long so far. Um, but no, I mean, I think this is a valid comment. We're not seeing the, the, the 50, 50 that they not promised, but that they predicted or, or they hoped for. And so, you know, but not that many of us expected it either. So. Yeah, I mean that was that always raised an eyebrow, uh, and they did say it, so that's the standard you have to hold them to. Right, right. And I would just say this too: um, in going back and looking at that USC game on Saturday, USC was up forty-one to fourteen, and if that's a Michigan game, Michigan starts running the football, and there's never even any room for the opponent to make a comeback. Uh, USC runs the ball only; they, they throw the ball forty times, they run the ball twenty-five times. And from that point, uh, Colorado outscores them the rest of the way, 24 to seven. So, you know, when you, if there's an incomplete pass, the clock stops moving and you're giving teams just a little more breathing room. So when you're able to impose your will, that's, that's when you have 51 rushes for 249 yards. So uh, I have no issue with that. Uh, Passing game took care of its business, run game took care of its business and then closed it out. That's that's the recipe for this team. So, and I have no issues with that at all. Um, we do have time for a couple more. Let's go. To this one that just came in from, uh, and again, we've had a lot of people both on the board and in the comments ask about Jim Harbaugh's contract. I, I don't know, guys. That that will our third person that is not here with us would have more to add on that front. But um, the last one that we'll take is from. Zach Shando, who says, when is our first real test going to be? I'll just go. I'll go to you for that, Clay. I mean, never say never, because you look at Georgia, they've been in a couple tight games and had to pull away late, make some plays on Saturday with Brock Bowers to get out of Auburn alive. So, I mean, it could be this weekend, Um, you know, for all we know. Sometimes there are there is that game, even in a championship season, when you play a team tight or a team plays you better than they should. Everyone's going to give Michigan their best shot. So Michigan State might. Who knows? Minnesota might. But I think it's I think it's Penn State November 11th. And like I've said a couple times, then it's basically the postseason at that point. Um, but you never know. You never know. You're going to get everyone's best shot. Yeah, and as Jim Harbaugh said earlier, was asked to clarify his comments about Saturday's win being critical. He says every game's critical. Well, and, yeah. And that's that. I mean, they see every game as as a test and. Uh, and a lot of these weeks, maybe Michigan's toughest opponent is itself. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it too. Those games where you struggle and you just have a bad Saturday, we've seen it. We saw it in Nebraska two years ago. We saw it last season against Illinois. It's going to happen at some point. And 
the message board will melt down and social media will be ablaze, but it happens. We call those oh shit games. And every championship team has at least one or two of those a year. Um, unfortunately, one of those was in the college football playoff last year. And Michigan's biggest objective is making sure something like that. Uh, to quote Jim Harbaugh, make darn sure it doesn't happen again. So uh, I think that's going to do it for us, Clay. Any other final thoughts as we close things out here on a Monday night? I was just going to say, I mean, when people rag on the schedule, it's obviously nothing that crazy, but it's not this team's fault. I mean, I don't even think it's Jim Harbaugh's fault. I think, you know, he says that Ward Manuel makes the schedule, uh, but it's like they're being blamed for being way better than the teams they're playing. It's like, that's not their fault. I mean, they should get credit for that in, in a weird way. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought on the schedule. But I think that it's going to be – it should be pretty smooth sailing minus the speed bumper or two here and there as long as you stay healthy until November. And I'll say this. I mean, you look at games. Where could someone maybe catch Michigan off guard? I think Saturday is certainly a, a spot for that. Just given that I don't think – no matter what Minnesota throws out there, physically they are not going to back down from you. And that could be a dog fight, a football fight, as Harbaugh says. And I know things are on the outs with Michigan State, but still a rivalry game. Uh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to go in there with you know humble hearts, your head not being too big, right? Those are some of the Harbaugh-isms that we've heard. That's a deep, dark, lonely trap. If you get the big it head, is a deep, deep, dark, lonely trap. That's his cadence every time he says it. It cracks me up. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that Indiana is capable of that. I don't think this Purdue team is capable of that. So, yeah, I mean, the test, it's not a hot take to say. <laughs> November 11th might be the first time that that team does get tested. So uh, we'll see about that. But, of course, there is a test this weekend, a night game at Minnesota. Clayton and Chris will be out there. I'll be covering that one remotely. We'll come back and preview that one as a full staff on Thursday afternoon, as we do every week. But uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Get in on the Wolverine for a dollar for your first month of premium access or 25% off your first year's access as an annual member. A lot of great stuff coming over there. Uh, we have pat ourselves in the back, maybe the best package of content that there is in this sphere right now. So for Clayton Safey, I'm Anthony Broom. Uh, thanks to you guys. Thanks to our producer, Megan, behind the scenes. Another Monday in the books. We will talk to you again soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.